The world seems pretty divided on Peloton, the fitness brand that has treadmills and bikes attached to subscriptions so that you can watch exercise classes on the screen as you work out. There are those that think Peloton is the greatest thing ever, worth every penny of its ridiculous stock market valuation because it's going to revolutionize fitness. But there are others that think, wait, a $2,000 bike built by a mostly unprofitable company with a WeWork valuation and running sexist TV ads? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> now, I personally love my Peloton bike. I think it's amazing. But whatever you think about the company and the product, the marketing behind such an amazing growth story is fascinating. In this episode, we're going to be digging into exactly how Peloton has used digital marketing to help fuel this insane growth. We're going to look at what else they could be doing to take things to another level. And of course, we're going to be drawing out the lessons that we can all learn and apply to our own businesses. By the way, I really did not expect what I found. They are leaving so much on the table. By the way, before we get started, I just want to say congrats to Tarquin, who won £50 in Amazon vouchers from our last podcast. To win £50 yourself, listen to the end of the show and find out how. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen and I'm CEO of a digital marketing agency called Exposure Ninja. We help our clients generate more leads and sales from their websites and this show is all about helping you to do exactly that. In this episode, we're going to be digging into the digital marketing that has grown Peloton to find out what they're doing well, what they could be improving and what you can apply to your business. So Peloton, is it a content company? Is it a technology company? Is it a fitness company or does it live at the intersection of all of the who cares? Let's find out how they've made the company so massive. Firstly, we're going to talk through some numbers. Now, to an extent, talking through the numbers feels a little bit pointless because as soon as I give you them, they're going to be out of date. But I think it's worth putting a flag in the ground and saying this is where Peloton is at at the time of recording this show, which is in the tail end of 2020. Peloton is predicting 2021 revenue of $3.5 billion. So they're a big deal. They've got around 1 million members with equipment, i.e. their treadmill or their bike, and around 3 million members who are subscribers on their apps. Now from their latest filings, they're picking up around 205,000 new connected fitness subscribers per quarter. So that's 205k connected fitness subscribers. Now in Peloton language, a connected fitness subscriber is someone who has a treadmill or a bike and they're also a subscriber. Okay, so these are the most valuable customers for Peloton because they've spent between two and $4,000 on a product and then they're spending about $40 a month to subscribe to the classes. Now we can actually do a little bit of fag packet maths to work out how much their marketing is costing to generate each of these new subscribers because we know that they're spending around 75 to 90 million dollars on marketing per quarter. So if we divide the 75 to 90 million dollars in marketing spend by the 205,000 new subs that they're getting, that gives us a kind of rough cost per connected fitness signup of around 365 to $400. So in other words, they're probably spending around 365 to $400 to pick up a subscriber who's going to spend a couple of grand on a piece of equipment plus the subscription. So this is actually really decent. These numbers are pretty good. 
And what's potentially even more decent about this is that they're rumoured to have pulled back sharply on their marketing spend since the world went into lockdown as they notice sales blowing up. So maybe this is time to ride all the brand awareness that they've built up over the years. We'll talk about that later. Before we get into the particular marketing that they're doing though, we need to discuss their business model because actually their sales funnel and their business model enables a lot of the marketing that they're doing and of course brings them that ROI. So if we take the equipment plus subscription model and look at this in a bit more detail. If you wanna become a Connected Fitness subscriber to Peloton, you're spending, let's say, a couple of grand on the bike plus a mid-cost monthly subscription. So around 39 pounds in the UK. It's not cheap to subscribe to them, but it's also not ludicrously expensive either. I personally love this model because the initial high cost makes a subscriber more likely to keep paying it makes you much more sticky so helps their retention and their retention numbers are good we're seeing lots of this type of model out there in the world at the moment we've just bought a food processor and guess what it comes with a subscription but there's also a really interesting side of this where by forcing your customers to pay an initial high cost yes it might cost you more to get one of those customers but it's also that high cost is then going to be leverage against that person to make sure that they're continually using the product to get the advertised benefit. So you can kind of position it as an advantage to them. We've just made you pay $2,000 for a bike, but guess what, that means you're gonna use it, so it's all good. Now, a little while back, Peloton opened up to non-equipment users, allowing people to just subscribe to the app to get fitness classes, which they could use with other equipment or they could use around their home. This is a really interesting and I think important turning point for them as a company because this allows them to offer a tripwire sale to get subscribers at a much lower risk purchase. If you're not thinking that you're able to invest in the bike yet, well, you can still subscribe to the app, they can get you in the ecosystem, you can build a relationship, you can get addicted to the content and the amazing instructors inside the app, and they can be confident knowing that at some point you're much more likely to buy a product as a result of that. So I think it's a really important piece of their puzzle, and it's also been amazing for them this year because as the world went into lockdown, they ran a promo where they offered some of the newly caged gym goers desperate to get some exercise a free trial of the subscription. This has been amazing with Gartner reporting that they've actually pulled back on their paid media because the app free trial was generating so much organic attention for them that the paid media behind this promotion was actually pretty minimal because word of mouth spread so fast. Now, obviously you need to get your business to a stage where you're picking up a huge amount of word of mouth in order for it to get to that point. You know, you don't just wanna get a few subscribers and then be like, right, we're turning off the ads because guess what, we're going viral. But whether this is a long-term shift for Peloton away from their widespread brand building ads, which they've been known for up to now, to a period of kind of sitting back a little and capitalizing on the awareness that they've already built, remains to be seen. Talking about brand awareness, let's take a look at some of the data behind this. So if we look on Google Trends, and by the way, you can watch the video version of this over on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel, we'll see that Peloton has consistently increased their brand visibility and searches for Peloton have grown over the years. This is perhaps unsurprising. They had a massive spike in November 2019, which would have coincided with that horrendously out of touch ad where they had the woman who'd been given the peloton bike for christmas and was talking about how much it transformed her life and how grateful she was to her husband for bestowing the honor of fitness changing her life so obviously that caused a big spike because that was a massive conversation point 
and there was lots of media coverage around that time. But that died down and they've continued to pick up general awareness since then. We can also see if we look in SEMrush, and again, you can watch the video version of this on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel, the vast majority of the traffic to their website is branded traffic. So they're getting around 1.5 million searches for Peloton per month in the US. So this is something that has huge awareness. This is something that's in the public consciousness. And most of the traffic that's coming through to the site is this branded traffic. It's people looking for Peloton. Now, this kind of leads us a little bit onto the first opportunity for them to take things to another level because, you know, there's two sides to getting most of your traffic from branded. Firstly, it's great that you've got that brand visibility. But there's also the opportunity, which is, well, at the moment, they're kind of relying on only brand visibility. Their rankings and visibility for non-branded terms are almost non-existent. Their SEO game is incredibly weak. So actually, there is an opportunity there as well. But we know that brand awareness has been the main priority for Peloton since the business started. A look at their backlink profile tells us that they've been featured in pretty much every mainstream news publication, and not just once or twice, repeatedly. Now much of this, particularly in the early days, was PR where they would go out and they would be pushing this message to the world. But obviously the business is now at a stage where they're well enough known that people just think of them. When they release a new product, news publications talk about the product, not because the Peloton PR team are ramming it down their throats, but because this is something that people are interested in. A little bit like Apple to an extent. We've also seen things recently, for example, where Apple unveiled Fitness Plus, which is their own subscription fitness platform. And of course, as soon as they did this, everyone looks at Peloton for a reaction. And Peloton picks up loads more coverage by people saying things like, well, how are they going to react? What's happening to the Peloton stock price as a result? So this is now something that is in the public consciousness. And of course, it picks up its own PR just as a function of existing, right? They're not having to do loads of work to get this press attention. Every time they update with a new quarterly update to the markets, bam, loads more attention, loads more links, loads more coverage. So this is a business that has grown through massive brand advertising over time, you know, TV ads, this type of PR display type stuff. Obviously in this episode though, I wanted to look into the hardcore direct response digital marketing. You know, the stuff where you put a certain amount in and you get a certain amount out, the stuff where we're trying to drive leads and sales through the website and we're tracking everything very closely. So what about this more modern approach and how have Peloton used this type of digital marketing? Well, honestly, when I was researching this video, I was pretty surprised to discover that they'd built this awesome modern brand, but with almost none of the digital marketing stuff that we would have expected. Because this is a technology business, lots of businesses in this space are looking at their marketing really surgically, money in, money out. They're tracking data, you know, Peloton has loads of data on its users. There are so many opportunities to use that data to run really well targeted ads, rather than just a broad brush TV ad type approach. But actually what I found completely shocked me, this is not what they're doing at all. They're in the fitness space, Social media should be absolutely massive for them, right? Well, no, they're leaving loads on the table in social media. Their social media performance is extremely patchy and inconsistent across the channels. And actually their instructors get social media way more than the business does. With SEO, again, huge, huge search volume for everything from yoga workouts to fitness at home to how to lose weight. Loads of different searches out there, huge amount of search volume, but Peloton's SEO game is whack, right? Once we take out Peloton branded terms, 
we take out all the misspellings of Peloton, actually, they're not ranking for much except the instructor names. This is really a very, very young site from an SEO perspective. Their pay-per-click through search ads also very inconsistent and to be honest, pretty amateur in places. Their content marketing strategy, I mean, there's just nothing there. If I was going to be kind, I'd say it felt like an afterthought. If I was going to be honest, I'd say it feels like no one has ever thought about it. And considering they go pretty heavy with video content and running video ads, their YouTube channel leaves a lot to be desired. So when it comes to digital marketing, they're really not doing that great. So let's have a look at what they are doing and let's think about what improvements they could be making and what lessons we can all learn for our own businesses. Let's start with paid ads. Now remember, with paid ads, they have two goals really. They have the product sale, i.e. the connected fitness subscriber, so someone who buys a treadmill or a bike and subscribes, but they also have the app subscriber as well. Now, there's not a huge amount of information about Peloton's digital marketing online. So most of this research I've done myself using SEMrush, which is our favorite competitor analysis tool. And by the way, you can get a free trial at thankyouninjas.com. But one of the things that is out there is a case study on the Apple search ad site. So this is a case study where Apple is um, showcasing the fact that Peloton has been running ad store ads. And not only do we know that this has been working well for Peloton and they've been picking up subscribers at a much lower cost per acquisition than they would elsewhere, we also know some of the strategy that they've been using, namely targeting competitor app names in the app store. So when someone searches for a competitor app name, Peloton would take an ad out and that seems to have been working. So one of the first things I did was say, well, okay, if that's the strategy that they've been using in the app store to get app subscribers, I wonder if that's a strategy that they've been using with their search ads. So have they been doing a similar sort of thing in Google ads, Bing ads, and so on? Well, actually, it turns out not really. They were doing a bit more of this at the start of the year in the US, but they've pulled back on almost all of it. And to be honest, now in the US, they're running very, very few ads at all. In the UK, they are still doing some of this. So they're advertising for terms like exercise bike, spin bike, hybrid bike. Now, some of these are relevant. Some of these really aren't. So hybrid bike is typically someone looking for a bike that's a cross between like a road bike and uh, like a mountain bike, like something that's a little bit in between. -y. So that's not really a relevant phrase at all. And there's quite a lot that they're targeting, which really doesn't make much sense at all. So, but the main problem I have with this is that we have a completely different strategy in the US to the UK. So what's that about? If we look at Canada, which is another important market for them, it doesn't appear that they've been running any search ads at all. So there's a bit of inconsistency here. Surely if it's working in the US, you would continue to do it. If it's working in the UK, you would be doing it in the US. So I'm a little bit confused as why they'd be doing that. But search volumes for a lot of the terms that they should be targeting are absolutely massive. So let's look at social media, because obviously being fitness based, you would expect social media to be one of the core pillars in their digital marketing strategy. We've previously looked at brands like Gymshark, which is obviously fitness clothing, and also the Heart Group, which has a lot of fitness related brands. And we've seen that social can be a really important channel, particularly Gymshark pretty much grew the entire business on the back of social media. Well, if we take a look at Peloton's YouTube channel to start with, it really doesn't look like they've got much of a strategy at all. You might have seen Peloton video ads, they run quite a lot of video ads. And one of the things that comes across as you look through their YouTube channel is that some of the videos have a lot more views than others. For example, we've got an inside look at the Peloton bike, which has over 500,000 views. 
Whereas some of their other videos are released at the same sort of time have like four figures views, so like 5,000 views. Now, the reason for this discrepancy is because they've been running a lot of ads to the inside look at the Peloton bike. So we've got a, a kind of approach here where they're driving a lot of traffic to some of the videos on their YouTube page. So what you'd normally expect to see would be a well-optimized page, which is popular and thriving because if people are interested in the advertised video, they might come back to the channel, subscribe and check out the other videos. But that's really not what we see at all. In fact, Peloton only has 27,000 subscribers. So let's think about this for a second. They're picking up 205,000 new connected fitness users every quarter, but they've only got 27,000 YouTube subs. This is crazy. They've got fewer subscribers than some of their instructors have followers. This doesn't make any sense at all. If we think about what Peloton actually is, Peloton is a content business. They've got so much amazing, great quality fitness content in their platform from their incredible instructors, but yet they're not capitalizing on any of this to pick up organic reach in one of the main places that people go to for fitness related content, i.e. YouTube. If we contrast this with something like Calm, for example, the meditation app, Calm's app is a little bit similar to Peloton in that it's content behind a paid app subscription. Yes, it's a different price point. Yes, it's a different product, but the principle is basically the same. Get people to subscribe to the app in order to get content. Now, what does Calm do on its YouTube channel, which by the way, is way more popular than Peloton's? What they do is they share some of their classes, some of their meditations, with their audience free on YouTube. Why do they do this? Because the content is great and they know that if they can get people hooked through whatever media they're spending their time on, guess what? A portion of those are gonna turn into paid subscribers. And I'd really love to see Peloton doing a similar thing here because I believe that the content that they've got in their platform is easily good enough. If you imagine all of the people around the world doing virtual exercise classes on YouTube, whether it's yoga or stretching or exercise bike or treadmill, whatever it might be, all of these people with their phones and their iPads watching these classes on YouTube, I would love to see Peloton in that mix. They don't have to devalue their product by sharing everything for free, but just a select few classes, just some dedicated taster classes or whatever it took, just to show people this is the sort of quality content that's inside our app, I think is going to work really well for them and it'll help boost their organic visibility immensely. All the Peloton videos on their page have great production value. Like they clearly invest some time in making awesome videos. But the trouble is they're almost entirely self-promotional. They're not really trying to give any value at all. It's things like sharing member success stories or particular initiatives that they're running or it's tips for how to get your pelotons sorted and how to clip in and out of the pedals there's nothing here which adds any value which would make anybody subscribe if i'm being completely honest there's really no value to the subscriber whatsoever this is purely a broadcast method for peloton to just pump stuff out there in a one-way thing where the recipients get almost nothing in return. And we'll see that this is pretty consistent across all their social channels. Now, having said that, if we go to Instagram, we find that this is probably their strongest channel. Now, some of their instructors, they know what works on social. They get that social is all about the person and it's all about the personality and the behind the scenes. Whilst Peloton does have a decent following on Instagram, they're not tapping into it to the extent that their instructors are. And this is something that's fairly common. We saw it even to an extent with Gymshark where 
Gymshark's athletes will often have much higher level of engagement than the main Gymshark brand. But Gymshark brand kind of showcases the athletes and turns the athletes into celebrities and even kind of demigods. Now I'd love to see Peloton taking more of this approach on their Instagram channel and championing their people more. This would be really easy to do. It would be a case of let's get some motivational clips, let's get some funny quotes, let's get a bit of behind the scenes going, tagging the instructors in. Let's not be afraid to build up the instructors' individual profiles because guess what? If we can get people hooked on the individual instructors, then they're going to be hooked on the platform as well. So I don't know if this is a concern about building up the instructors too much, wanting to kind of keep everything central on the main Peloton profile, but I think there's a lot of untapped potential here. Another thing that comes across all their social media is that, that so many celebrities and big names are raving about their Pelotons. We've got people like Hugh Jackman posting his best workout stats. We've got people like The Game getting featured. We've got um, some of the instructors like Alex Toussaint has posted a screenshot from uh, ESPN where ESPN is talking about the fact that all these NFL and NBA players are using Peloton to get fit during lockdown. What amazing influencer marketing. I mean, you couldn't really ask for any more than celebrities like genuine top of the rung A-list celebrities posting about your product. Would you know any of this from Peloton's main profiles? No, they're not sharing any of this. They're not retweeting, they're not reposting these at all. And it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Surely, if someone was celebrating your brand, if someone was talking about you, you'd be reposting. Now, I'm not talking about turning this into a brand ambassador relationship and because they don't have sponsorship, they can't use that person in the marketing. I'm talking about a retweet or posting their picture, posting that post in their story. Like this is a really, really simple thing that they're just not doing. The instructors are doing it, but the main channel isn't. So I think they're dropping the ball on Instagram, but having said that, it is one of the channels where they're getting the most engagement. Let's contrast this with Facebook. So with Facebook, they've got a decent following. They've got in the region of 700,000 followers, so not too bad. And actually, they've got pretty good organic engagement. Most brands have really dreadful organic engagement, even if they've got a good number of followers. But Peloton actually has a reasonably decent level of organic engagement. The problem is there is very little attempt to engage at all. Like we said with YouTube, they're treating their Facebook page as a broadcast platform only. This is something where they share stuff, they pump it into their audience's eyes rather than genuinely looking to engage. So for example, they've got posts on there like sharing people's Peloton setups in their home. This could be a great way of showcasing their members and also building a bit more community. You know, let's have a this week we're going to be looking at basement peloton setups so let's show us your basement peloton setups post them in the comments and we're going to celebrate the five best and give them a piece of peloton swag you know whatever it might be this is a massive customer service opportunity and by the way if you're thinking of getting a peloton bike or a peloton treadmill go on their facebook page you'll quickly decide that actually maybe it's not the thing to do because a lot of the comments that are showing up and that get the most engagement and replies from people are people complaining about the fact that their delivery has been cancelled or delayed. Very frequently, these complaints go unanswered from the main Peloton profile. So this again is a huge opportunity for Peloton to step in, make this right with people, get it sorted, whatever you can do if you've got delivery issues that's absolutely okay but fix it for people give them a subscription free of charge for the meantime send them a t-shirt you know whatever you can do to get those people excited and happy again because at the moment they're annoyed 
And as a new potential customer, if you go on that page, all you see is annoyed people complaining. So they're really, really dropping the ball here. They keep talking about community and their marketing and how one of the strengths of Peloton is their amazing community. And yet here on Facebook, they have their community crying out for interaction and they're just not getting it. It's exactly the same on Twitter. Same story. What we've got here is social media being used purely as a broadcast platform. Now, going back to the instructors, Peloton content is perfect for social media because you can take little snippets of things instructors have said during their workouts or motivational quotes or things they're known for, little behind the scenes things, and you can post these on all of your social channels. People would love it. We've got, again, celebrities like Alicia Keys tweeting about She's taking quotes from her Peloton workout. She's tagging Peloton and she's tagging the instructor and she's sharing this on her page. Massive visibility. You'd love this, right? The instructor retweets it. Other Peloton instructors retweet it. Does the main Peloton account? Hell no. Completely invisible. What is going on? So celebrities around the world are tweeting and posting about Peloton and they're getting no retweets at all. There's no visibility for any of this stuff on the main Peloton page. You've got to hunt it out really really weird by the way when the page does ask a question of their audience they get really strong engagement hundreds and hundreds of responses but it's just really inconsistent and then they go straight back to just pumping out information and promotional photos and videos let's talk about their website content strategy because as you know exposure ninja here we're big on seo we're big on content as an amazing way to get people onto your site now if you're in the fitness space, there is this massive opportunity for you to tap into all of the questions that people have about workouts, about fitness, about exercise bikes, about yoga routines, all of this type of stuff. Peloton is in a perfect place to write amazingly authoritative content with media, you know, videos and quotes and everything kind of built in. You could have the testimonials from the celebrities. There is so much opportunity here to build a massive content section on the back of the Peloton site, which drives loads and loads of engagement and gets people that are interested in fitness onto the site in the first place. So do we have that? No, no, we don't. We don't have anything like that on the Peloton site. The pages on the Peloton site are almost exclusively information about the bike. So like support type questions and then product and category pages. There is no attempt to engage people that are interested in fitness and get them on the site in the first place. Going back to the Hot Group and Gymshark, we see how Hot Group brands like MyProtein and companies like Gymshark have built massive knowledge bases on their sites. Their website is essentially a magazine for people that are into fitness with an e-commerce store bolted on. And then the business model behind this is when someone searches for best arm workouts, up comes a Gymshark page, they click on that, they have a look, oh, I like the look of that clothing, and then they click into the store. Or they search best arm workouts or best workout supplements, up comes a page on myprotein.com with a list of the best supplements to take, and then they can then buy them from the store. This is a really simple and well-established model to drive huge volumes of traffic to your website and loads of conversion. Peloton is almost acting like this doesn't even exist. There's just no attempt to do this at all. So let's think about what an amazing strategy would look like for Peloton. Let's take, for example, the fact that you can get yoga workouts through the Peloton app. We might talk about different types of yoga routines. We might talk about some of the problems that yoga can help resolve, things like stress, anxiety. 
uh, things like increasing your flexibility. We might talk about symptoms of particular problems that people might have. Stiffness in your lower back. Five ways to alleviate stiffness in your lower back. Did you know that stretching routines and yoga can help? And by the way, here's a great app. Or here are some taster videos from our YouTube channel embedded in the page which give you some great stretching exercises. And by the way, if you want some more of these, then you can download the app. We've got some fantastic instructors and really strong engagement from loads of people, including these celebrities. Here's what Hugh Jackman and Alicia Keys say about their, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get the gist of it, right? This is a massive opportunity for all of the branded traffic they're getting from people searching for Peloton. There is probably 10 times as much out there for people that have no idea Peloton exists or no idea that Peloton is the solution to their problem, but they're searching for something that Peloton actually fixes. These are all potential customers for Peloton, particularly now that there is a low cost, low barrier to entry way for people to get into the Peloton ecosystem through the app. So this is a massive, massive missed opportunity. So what are the lessons that we can learn from all of this? You might think, well, Tim, you've just been ripping Peloton apart. How can we possibly learn anything from this other than don't do what they do? Well, the first lesson I would take from this is that it's possible to build a very successful brand through brand advertising alone, right? There's very little good quality digital marketing going on here at all. So they've built what they've built without any of this stuff in place. This is obviously a shame, but it's also a real opportunity for them because they've got so much that they can move into here. For most businesses, this kind of brand first approach doesn't really make financial sense because it requires huge investment. It requires widespread coverage to get something into the public consciousness. And there's a really long period before that starts paying off. Obviously, now they're reaping the rewards, but they've been investing in this approach for years and years in order to get to this stage. Peloton is a relatively new company. So I guess to an extent, it's inevitable that there are going to be gaps. I wasn't expecting the gaps to be so significant, but it is inevitable that there are going to be some gaps. Now, if you're a competitor to Peloton and there are lots of them popping up, this is really exciting because actually you can take a digital first approach, which is likely to have much faster ROI and you can take a steal on them because they're not even trying in a lot of these spaces and all the evidence is they're actually pulling back from some of them. So if you're competing, this is very exciting. If you're investing in Peloton, potentially a little worrying, the space is only going to get more competitive as other people see their success and come out with competitive products. I'd really like to see Peloton with a long-term digital marketing plan that would be very profitable for them with a relatively low investment cost because they already have that brand awareness available. So I'm interested, what's your take? If you were Peloton's VP of digital, what would you be doing? And how would, in particular, how would you be capitalizing on this amazing brand awareness and also this influencer piece, which to me feels like one of the biggest opportunities in marketing I've ever seen. The fact that you actually have celebrities genuinely in love with your product and without any sponsor relationship they are just professing their love for you and your instructors on their social channels how would you tap into that if you were running peloton's marketing let us know by tagging exposure ninja on any of the social channels so i hope you've enjoyed this episode now i did promise i'll tell you how you win the 50 pound amazon voucher it's really simple it takes about two and a half minutes. All you need to do is leave a review of this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're on. Take a screenshot and post it on your favorite social media channel with our account name at Exposure Ninja. Every week, we'll pick one lucky winner to win that £50 voucher. Simple. Don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, if you're looking for aggressive growth in 2021 and beyond, 
then request a free website and digital marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. We spend our lives helping our clients generate more leads and sales from the website. And of course, if you want some help with your own digital marketing, then you can request a free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. This service is awesome. And if you've got aggressive growth targets and you want to capitalize on SEO, pay-per-click, social media, and conversion rate optimization, this is one of the most efficient ways that you can get a really good sense of what are my top priorities? What are my highest leverage opportunities that I can take? So go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button. We'll ask you a few questions about your business and your digital marketing. And one of our team will then record you a 15 minute video showing you the highest leverage areas that we would recommend prioritizing over the next six to 12 months to significantly increase the volume of leads and sales that your website is generating for you. This service is completely free of charge and it's awesome. Check out the hundreds of reviews on all of the different review sites about this amazing service. It's really genuinely useful. There's no obligation to use Exposure Ninja's digital marketing services, although of course, if you're interested, we will have that conversation. It's just a great free service for us to give you some feedback and to give you some ideas. But that's it for this week. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and see you next time.